Welcome to the Movement Made Better podcast, powered by Stick Mobility. We are your hosts, Dennis Dunphy and Neil Valera. We are very excited today to have the creator of the Mobility Wall, Chris DeVecchio. So, Chris, we'll turn it over to you if you wouldn't mind giving listeners a little introduction on yourself, sir. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here. Been a big fan of Stick Mobility for a long time now, so uh, it's an honor to to bring our two products together and bring our all of our minds together and share a little fireside chat. I've uh, I've been in the fitness industry for over twenty years. I have a health and wellness coaching business that I've been running for over fifteen years now, working with clients all over the world. Within the last few years, I've almost fully transitioned my entire client base to remote training and coaching which has given me the ability to scale up and work with clients in, in all areas of the world, which has been great. And over the years of working with all these clients, mobility, soft tissue work, you know, posture and alignment have been really major staples of my health and wellness program. And myself being a Division One college hockey athlete and amateur bodybuilder, you know, my body has been through all of the ups and downs with injuries and tweaks. And so... I've continued to explore and find new ways to improve the way my body looks, feels, and functions, battling with some of the current solutions on the market that just weren't getting it done. So it inspired me to sort of seek out my own my own ideas and concepts of how I could develop the ultimate tool to help improve some of the conditions that I was dealing with, as well as some of the issues that I, I see on a day-to-day basis with my clients. Giving prescribing homework for my clients had always been an issue because the current solutions of getting on the floor and trying to deal with the pressure of gravity and balancing and stabilizing yourself while putting strain on your wrist and shoulders was was also a major issue and was sort of deterring people from wanting to engage in that that work that they were supposed to be doing on a regular basis when they weren't with me in the gym. So Mobility Wall became the uh, the concept and the idea, which was to take the whole foam rolling and trigger point therapy concept and put it into a vertical position, as well as put you in three-dimensional space to give your body the ability to not only foam roll and do the tissue work, but also mobilize at the same time. So about two and a half years ago, a close friend of mine was a handyman, built the first prototype, which looks nothing like what the current model is today on the market, which is <laughs> fun to go back and, and see the the early stages, the prehistoric stages of the product and how it developed through several different iterations. But it took us about a year and a half or so to, to bring the product to uh, the current state of where it's at now. We launched on Kickstarter February last year, had a successful Kickstarter run, did over about 100000 on Kickstarter in, in four weeks. We broke our $25,000 goal within the first four hours nice. of launching on Kickstarter. So we got our market validation at that point, knew that we had the right idea and concept, and there are people there looking for these types of solutions. And we've been to market now for the last six months and have been really well received. You know, we've um, we've connected with several professional athlete organizations. We're pretty deep into the NFL right now. Currently, we're connecting with practitioners all across the country because we believe that building those relationships with the educators is going to be the main focus of how we're going to help continue to get mobility wall on this new concept to market where we can educate people on the idea of being vertical and also learning how to utilize mobility wall as a way to self-assess and address issues that they're dealing with on a regular basis and continue to encourage this habit of daily self-care. Yeah, I, I love the practicality of it. The fact that it is much more accessible to much more of the demographic versus being on the floor, which for a lot of people is just like you'd mentioned, really still like bad knees, bad wrists. People are just not going to, they're like, nope, sorry, not going to do it. So to remove those obstacles is just fantastic. Yeah, I think it's, it really has been a problem that I've seen for a long time. Is, you know, when I watch somebody get on the ground, and try to foam roll. If you've seen anybody put pressure on their IT band, which is one of the first places most mm-hmm. go, right? Mm-hmm. It's excruciating. And at that point, the nervous system is flaring up. People's bodies are tensing up and stiffening up, which becomes counterintuitive to what we're trying to accomplish with foam rolling and soft tissue work to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of being vertical not only gives you greater access, but it also gives the user the ability to control that pressure so that if they set the bar at just below their hip height and they're working their IT bands, 
by adjusting your angle or how much you're using your legs as a driver to put pressure into that that device, the foam roller. If it's too much, you can easily back off. If it's if you need more, you can easily drive into it. So it really gives the user the ability to control that pressure easily from that vertical position, which is really important in balancing the nervous system and muscular integrity of mm-hmm. allowing us to work inside of that tissue to be as effective as possible. Yeah, I think that's what I liked about it, you know, the most was you're able to control how much tension you wanted, but also you know, control your body around it. So you're working a certain tissue line, but then you're also able to move and strength, you know, strengthen other areas in your body too. Yeah. I think to your point too, working that tissue line, it's, you know, one of the things that I find really effective as well is that even if you're on the table getting some body work done by great massage therapists, there's nobody who knows that those areas better than you. You're the one who's getting that internal feedback. So as great as a massage therapist can be, they might be missing the mark a little bit, whereas you could be following along a tissue line. You're not quite there. You're not quite there. And then all of a sudden, bam, like you found that spot and now you pin and hold. And now you can articulate, you know, uh, a conjoining joints and mobilize, you know, other joints and areas around that tissue to start opening up some of that restriction and limitation that you're getting in that tissue and then continue on along that line to find some other areas that may be locked up as well. And you can do it very easily, very, you know, gracefully, I guess is another way to put it, right? Like you can just slowly scan. And that's why I like to use that phrase, assess and address, because Mm. if you're on the ground trying to find and scan along that tissue line, chances are you're pressing down, then you're pushing yourself back up again. You're coming off of it. You're like all over the place, struggling, trying to control your weight on the ground. Whereas in that vertical position, you have so much more control to follow those tissue lines with a little more grace and fluidity. Yeah. And the practicality too, and the ability to use the door frame or the squat rack, if you put it in the squat rack, is just really nice. Nice and stable position. Easy on the shoulders if you're working the lower extremities or hip region. It's able to lock in. So you are just got that nice closed chain if you need it. And then you can just start to explore and, and really start to get into those nooks and crannies a little bit more. Yeah, the two unique factors is really the upper pressure and the inward pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I took you both through the demo. Yeah. Well, you both saw it. there's very few times and very few movements that you would use downward pressure at all with mm. mobility wall because the effectiveness of setting the bar up high and coming up underneath and using that upward pressure to drive and using your legs to drive into it or just using that inward pressure to drive into it they're, they're the two most differentiating factors of this device and again i think you know to your point you have those abilities to be in much more control whether it's closed chain, open chain, and you know, and then obviously we had the idea to to pull stick mobility in yeah. as a way to take it to a whole another level of creating leverage and stability and just helping to passively take your body to new ranges of motion that might not be able to get to even you know without the stick and mm-hmm. push it even further, which is really nice. And so now you have two different versions. You have a smooth version and then you have the one with the with the knobs on them, right? Yeah, so we have exactly. So we created two different models. One, you know, we wanted to have it for available for for all walks of life and different types of techniques, right? Some people who get soft tissue work when you go in to get a massage, they want it a little bit more gentle, and other people like it a little bit deeper and can tolerate a little bit more. So, mm-hmm. and then there's just different effects that you want to go for. If you're just trying to smooth out or iron out some fascia and like a tissue line, you know, you, the smooth roller is generally a better option for that. You know, if you're looking for deeper, like pinning and stretching techniques, the pro series, which is our sort of like our rumble roller version mm-hmm. is a better option for that, you know? So they're wanting to create two different options for, for all walks of life in this, in this category. And, you know, they both can be really effective. I would consider the smooth roller sort of like the beginner intro. Mm-hmm. product whereas the pro series may be a little bit more advanced but there's lots of te- techniques that you can do with both that are applicable to any type of athlete or every day so with the pro teams you know starting to adopt this have you seen it more in their in the movement prep side or more in the recovery side of things i'd say it's probably 50 50 you know i think a lot of what i'm finding interestingly enough is that a lot of people have not considered doing soft tissue work prior to their workout yeah. you know and so what I've discovered over the years of my own training is that 
before I come into any workout, if I'm working upper body, if I'm doing like a big pressing or uh, pushing day, that I want to open up my my upper pec, my anterior delt. I want to open up my traps, levator scap, even open up my lats so I can get more extension overhead. And so prior to workout, I think this has huge effects and huge impacts, especially for professional athletes. You know, they they tend to go into their workouts with poor movement patterns because of tension and limitation. And so they're strengthening these postures in their body that become major limiting factors and set themselves up for injury and pain and discomfort down the road, whether it's back in the gym or whether it's on the field or whatever sport that they're in. So, so I think just through, through some of the education that I've been providing, taking some of these athletes through the demos that we do that you got both, again, you both have experienced, it's sort of opening their eyes to this concept of, of using mobility wall to improve their initial movement before they even get into the gym and, and start hitting movements that are loaded. So it's, it's sort of opening that up for them, that potential. But then obviously they're they're coming into using mobility wall for the first time with different types of injuries and pains and restrictions in their body. And so they're finding that post-game, post-workout, or just some of the chronic issues that they're dealing with, whether it's you know anterior rotation, the shoulders and elevated traps, or whether it's a tight locked up hip and QL. They're finding that just using this on a regular basis as part of their rehab and recovery is extremely effective as well. And then it's also, you know, showing and playing out on, on the field in their work, which is great. To see still how many people really don't even know about the benefits of doing some soft tissue release as some foam rolling. I, I think we think everybody, because we talk to ourselves and in our own industry, but yet in the general public, it, we are just, there's so few people that really understand what they're getting out of this. Totally agree. And, you know, my big part of the mission when we launched this company was not only do we want to bring a great tool to the market, but we also want to bring the education to the market. And that's a beast of a challenge to take on as a company. As you, you guys have ever watched Shark Tank, you see any, yeah. <laughs> the first thing they say is if you have to educate the market, it ain't going to work because it's such a battle to take yeah. on. Yeah. But, you know, like you guys, I'm so passionate about wanting to help educate people and teach people about how we can improve the way they move, the way they feel, and the way they function. Most people don't realize that they don't have to live in pain. There's things that they can do. And they can take that responsibility, that ownership themselves, if they understood a little bit more about the anatomy and understood a little bit more about some of the things they could do on a regular basis that could just buy back a little bit of you know, freedom and mobility and movement that could free them from this, this pain and discomfort that they're feeling. And I think it's really about how you present it. If it's presented in the language and the complexities that us as uh, you know, trainers and coaches that we know, then mm -hmm. it's going to go right over their head. They're not going to be interested. But mm -hmm. you find a way to connect with them and, and meet them where they're at and bring this level of education that can be sort of ground level introductory and then marry that with a product that makes it also easy for them to do something on a daily basis. Then that's where I feel like we have a home run at really creating this shift in the market of teaching people how to improve their own bodies by implementing some of these small daily habits. And, you know, one of the things that we've, we've seen on social media quite a bit since we launched is we're getting sort of pushback from these practitioners that are feeling threatened by the product, thinking mm -hmm. that we're here to take over their jobs, saying, you know, this is never going to replace a massage therapist or this will never replace. It's yeah. like, you know, and, and we're over here sort of laughing, saying, guys, we're, we're not intending to do that at all. We're actually trying to facilitate and complement the work that you're doing because as practitioners, our jobs are to educate our clients and our patients that we're working with to encourage them on things that they can do on their own beyond the work on the table because there's nobody that's getting body work done seven days a week by massage therapy. No one has the time and no one has the money to yeah. be paying for right. seven yeah. days a week, right? So Every, every single massage therapist, PT, Cairo is giving their patients or clients homework, but are they doing the work? Mm -hmm. yep. A small, a very small percentage, maybe, but who are highly motivated. But uh, there's a larger population of people who just don't do it because they yeah. don't know, they don't understand, and they don't have the right tools to make it easy for them to encourage these habits. And so uh, we're really trying to build this relationship and build a bridge 
with these practitioners to show them how we're help we're here to help complement their efforts so that as their patients are coming back to them yes. after they've done some incredible work that they're seeing this progress and their bodies and their tissues becoming more pliable and just healthier where they're the work that they do on is easier on the practitioners. Mm-hmm. They like bust their knuckles on their body to like get into these right. concrete slabs of fascia because yeah. their patients and clients are doing the work, right? So, so you know, we're really we're really passionate about trying to educate, you know, just general population on the importance of you know daily tissue work and just the benefits of how it can really help improve their quality of life because if we can take people out of pain. And if we can take get people better range of motion and better mobility, then that means that they can get back to doing things on a daily basis and get back to activities that bring them joy, mm-hmm. that make them happier, that make them better to themselves and better to other people in their lives. And just it's just a cycle that starts. It's a positive feedback loop that just keeps churning, right? Yep. So that's sort of the high level mission and passion for what we're doing here at Mobility Wall. Yeah, it's funny. People will kind of overreact. They don't take that time to step back and think of what it is that that this tool is going to bring to the table. Because a really good massage therapist, even if you wanted to see that person every day, they're not available, right? Because a couple of the massage therapists that I refer out to, they're like two, three weeks booked out. So what do I do in the meantime, right? Totally agree. You yeah. know, so your business is always going to be there. It's okay, folks. You're not going to lose it. This is I mean, just going to like it to uh, like Starbucks. You know? Yeah, people still make coffee at home, but people still go to Starbucks. Go Starbucks yeah. Right? We're going yeah. out of business. We're not threatened by it. You know? <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah. We get the same thing with the stick too. I mean, we're like, no, it's just another tool that you can put in the toolbox. It's not going to take away your business. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's yeah. funny. Are you talking to coaches or ed- talking to them about movement prep to see a better performance in the workouts as a result? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, again, I think that one of my favorite ways to frame it to customers, clients, coach strength and conditioning coaches is that if people's movement patterns unloaded mm-hmm. aren't there, mm-hmm. then how do you think that's going to translate when they're, when they're lo- going through that same movement pattern loaded? You know, again, one of the things I love about Mobility Wall is that it translates the tissue and the fascia and that range of motion, it translates really, really quickly. Now, whether that new range of motion and mobility sticks, that's going to be a matter of time and consistency, right? That's if you hit Mobility Wall today and, you know, you don't do anything else for the rest of the week, then we know that that tissue, that fascia is going to rebound. And so we've got to keep finding ways to progress it. But prior to a movement in the gym, getting ready to open up your hips and open up your glutes and open up your QL and open up, you know, even like the tibia anterior tib before you go into like a big leg day can have a major impact positively on how you're moving through all of those exercises when you go in. So then we start to strengthen in much healthier patterns while we're in the gym with loaded weight. So absolutely. It's a conversation that we're having with trainers and, and strength and conditioning coaches all across the country and, you know, showing how we can help try to minimize injury and with, with the athletes, as well as improve strengthening and conditioning and healthier patterns for overall better performance. Yeah. Cause we see if someone has a limited range of motion angle wise, then you're going to put way more demand and stress and energy leaks in the system where if you can give them a better access to more range of motion and actually increase in linear perf- lines of support, then you actually sure. increase weights. I see it all the time. I'll, I'll work with some of my own clients where mm-hmm. I have to go through a squat and I can see that they're, they're, you know, their ankle flexion is not, it's not there. Um, the hip is locked up, right? Like the sartorius or the rectus femoris. And so, We'll open up those areas for, you know, five or 10 minutes, working the anterior tip, work the calf, work that upper, upper quad and, you know, work the hip and like the medial glute. I'll throw them right back into a squat. And next thing you know, they're finding that nice vertical pattern. They're, they're squatting down, oh. right down through their heels, you know, and they're not overextending in the lower lumbar and pushing forward. And so it's the proof is in the pudding, you know, it's mm-hmm. one of those where I can take that movement pattern and adjust it within five minutes of just doing some tissue work that's very specific to the movement that they're working on now, reducing the, the compensations that they're typically developing when they're training. I see that all the time. People come and work with me that they're 
somebody who's been trying to build their glutes for the last six months and has been squatting and lunging but can't figure out why they're not developing is because their movement patterns are not where they need to be. Those lines aren't where they need to be. And they're overdeveloping and compensating in other muscle groups that are taking them farther and farther away from being able to develop their glutes. So, mm. yeah. So pre-workout and pre-movement pattern is, is huge with mobility work. Yeah, you know, that soft tissue combined with that active motion just creates much more awareness. So these, you know, right away, right after you do it, you're like, oh, okay, I got more free movement in my arm. Now I just need to strengthen this freedom that I just created. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, again, it's hard with <clears throat> when you're dealing with general population, you know, people who are not performance athletes, you know, and, and they don't get paid for a living to go out and, and work out and exercise. The people who just are exercising and working out just for going for that health and wellness component. They just want to look good. They want to feel good. It's hard sometimes to get them to focus on the details of that type of work that we're talking about. They just can't wrap their minds around it. So putting the, the fruit is in the pudding, right, is, mm-hmm. is being able to take them through. I ask them to, to hit the movement or even like an overhead press their shoulders and their hands are pushing, pressing out in front of their bodies. And I'll get in and work their upper trap. I work their anterior delt. I'll work their posterior capsule, open up the lat and subscap. And then I have them go to an overhead press. And now they can go bicep to ear straight up overhead with full mm-hmm. extension of that arm within three to five minutes of you doing some soft tissue work. Now put a weight in their hands. That movement feels much better at that stage than it did previously when they were pressing out overhead and strain that AC joint you know, in their shoulders. So it's, it proves itself every single time. I've been finding late last few years, post chore, active stretching or range of motion work, because I've had a lot of people that are either moving or doing gardening work. And we know that they're in these positions for long periods of time because they just get into these flow things. Like they're doing this for four or five hours. And then they're like, Oh, this is hurting. And you're like, okay, so if you've done this for four or five hours, then you should be grabbing a stick or or something, another tool, and just reversing the angles. Unwind that you, it. Unwind um, it, right? But it's kind of it's like post chore recovery work. No, it's a good point. There's a there's a lot of. I mean, everybody's so unique as individuals, and we all have different patterns that we hold in our bodies. <clears throat> have different tasks and activities and hobbies and things that we do, things we do for our jobs and careers. <clears throat> That's a great point. I mean, I I even see people who. Uh, who stand a certain way, they shift their weight mm-hmm. to their right leg and their left foot is externally rotated at the hip, you know, pointing out. They don't realize it. I'll point out, I'll go, hey, stand, stand straight, stand even. They're like, whoa, that feels weird. Like it's just so comfortable for me to stand and lean with all my weight on my right leg and my left foot turned out. And they're developing and casting that pattern in their hips. Then they're going to the gym and working out with an internally rotated right hip, externally rotated left hip, and not thinking about how that's translating in the work they're doing in the gym but if you can point out and help to make people aware of these daily patterns and habits that they're holding whether it's like you said out there gardening for three hours whether it's yeah. just standing like i have a lot of real estate agents who stand a lot when they're showing houses and they're yeah. holding different postures that just feel it feels comfortable because that's a pattern they've developed but really it's doing damage and harm to the body a lot of side sleepers, people who sleep on their sides for six to eight hours a night with that major anterior rotation of the shoulders. Women who carry a purse on one shoulder, right? It's mm-hmm. just, you see these uneven balances. You see these patterns that pop up. So aside from just being able to give people the encouragement to do soft tissue work, getting more specific and saying, hey, listen, start to think about and get aware of what are some patterns that you hold in your everyday life. You know, some people, even people who sit at the desk and work on the computer, yes, their shoulders are up. That's obvious. But also, too, I see a lot of people who go into anterior pelvic tilt sitting down, not mm-hmm. realizing that they're getting that that arch in their low back, their rib flares coming up, cores disengaged. So it's, you know, so there's just all these, to your point, there's all these patterns that people are holding that you don't think about the longer you hold those patterns, the more consistent you hold those patterns, you're casting that pattern into the body. And so it would only make sense that if you bring it to your awareness, spend a little time each day trying to unwind that pattern so it doesn't it doesn't have as much saturation and sticking power. Mm-hmm. I've been spending more time trying to get clients to understand the fluids of the body need to be able to move. It, as you move, the fluids move. And if we're just not moving, the fluid just is stagnant. 
Yeah. Lenny Par- <laughs> our friend Lenny Parasino talks about that, right? Talks about it all the time. Right? He's like, if you don't move, then it becomes stagnant and it, and an area dies, right? And then also mm-hmm. you start to lose that neuromuscular connectivity to the areas that are not moving. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Lenny talks about that all the time, and it's it's tried and true. You know? Yeah, when Lenny t- told me about the old fish tank analogy, I was like, so easy to t- people get that. Like y- you tell that to a client, and they're like, oh, I get it. Okay, totally. No, and that's and that's my point, right? You break it down into more of a layman's and, and give a layman's example that really helps to resonate for people and makes sense. That you know, from there they can start to figure it out. Bringing it to their awareness and bring it to their consciousness is where I think it becomes key to helping people want to want to make this important i can't make we can't make it important for somebody if it's not important to them you know yeah, exactly yeah usually the you know the soft tissue rehab type stuff doesn't get into someone's mind until they're really injured exactly you know it's it's unfortunately it's it's more of a reactive state for people right mm-hmm. but i think that's something that i've tried to really impose not only in my my health and wellness business coaching business but also with mobility wall is that you don't you don't want to be waiting until you hit that pain point or that injury to do something about it, right? There's things that we should be doing on a regular basis or we could be doing on a regular basis to prevent that. But most people are usually very reactive to it, unfortunately. And the goal is to not have you go down that road. Sometimes people have to learn the hard way, you know? But And then sometimes you learn the hard way once and, and that's enough for someone to get into the habit of of wanting to work on this stuff it's just it's not as doing the tissue work it's not as sexy as it is to go in the gym and like hit a set of curls and like just feel that you feel that blood pump you get all those visceral responses that give you that immediate feedback of like the pump the sweat you feel like you're working hard i'm doing something for some people when they're doing the tissue work they come out of it and they're like okay right but that type of work typically doesn't it doesn't really show itself until it's yeah. been time and consistency. You go three, four months, no pain, no injuries. You can look at that and go, hey, there's something There's something there. I haven't mm-hmm. felt any pain or discomfort in my body. I'm sleeping well. I feel good. No headaches, no knee aches. I can run. I can. There's no limitations. I can do whatever I want. I can jump. I can squat. I can bench press. I can do it. Like That's gold right there. Mm-hmm. You tell somebody... Somebody goes to the gym and they can't work out or they can't exercise because their knees bothering because their ankles give me a problem or their shoulders hurting them or whatever it is. Now they're upset and crying about it. <laughs> you know, it's like just the way it rolls. We have the option of knowing ahead of time, you know, how how being proactive can really benefit that. Again, just part of the education process is trying to bring that to the table and the forefront as much as possible. When you were doing your bodybuilding, was mobility focused training or segments part of big part of that or no yeah it wasn't so it's funny because i that was back in 99 okay i had my first show so okay and that was on the heels of my hockey career so growing yeah. up as a kid mobility work wasn't really a big component to programming now, i don't remember ever a coach or a trainer or anybody ever telling me anything about shoulder cars or you know hip cars or foam rolling or i mean there was nothing i mean i don't even think there was i mean there was stretching you know, we, we stretched a bit, but there was none of that. It's interesting because I look back over my years of playing sports and I had all sorts of injuries. I had, uh, I tore my PCL. I had some major like knee and ankle strains. Yeah. I mean, I battled a lot of injuries over the years and, you know, I wonder what it would have been like had I, you know, been able to incorporate some of that work. Right. So the evolution in the, in the fitness uh, industry has been great to watch, you know, being a part of that, watching that grow. So, so even though I think that, you know, there's still a lot of people where the awareness isn't quite where it needs to be, there's definitely been a lot more around it. It's great to follow other industry leaders on social media and just seeing more and more of it pop up where there's some really, really impressive groups and people out there who are, are doing a great job, I think, educating on and it's it's great to watch that. So for someone like a bodybuilder, what would be some of the main points that you would try to inject into them about the importance of making sure that they're staying on point with mobility work? Yeah, so I think from a bodybuilding standpoint, it's all about how the muscle is showing on stage, right? 
So as you guys know, if you just go in the gym and just train and work out, there's all sorts of compensations that are going to happen. It's just going to create imbalances. You'll have you know imbalances in your shoulders and your hips and your quads, calves. You'll, you'll see those imbalances develop. And I think from a bodybuilding standpoint, being able to have really good, healthy tissue because they're training way more extensively than, than the average gym goer. So they're developing mm-hmm. scar tissue, more adhesions that can lock them up and really limit their, their movement in mm-hmm. camp, number one. Number two, it can minimize any type of pulls and strains and injuries if you're keeping that tissue much healthier. And then also, too, just flushing out that tissue so you have better posture and alignment, which is going to put the muscles in much better position to show when they're posing and flexing on stage. Most bodybuilders get tons of body work and tissue work before they go on stage. Mm-hmm. Make more separation between the muscle tissue. You want to see the separation of the two bicep heads. You want to see the separation of the anterior delt, the bicep and the tricep. You know, you want to see all that separation of the of the rhomboids and the traps and you know all that in the back. So even in the legs with the you know the quads and mm-hmm. you want to show all that tissue separation. So that's where I think mobility wall has advantages for bodybuilders. You don't picture 250, 300 pound guys getting on the ground trying to foam roll and get into mm-hmm. these areas of their bodies that's impossible to reach. So they rely on a lot of uh, manual therapy from their from their massage therapists to to do that work for them, which is great. But then also to have that additional work that they can do on their own at home it just takes it to a whole other level for them. Yeah, and massage therapists, if you're working on a bodybuilder, man, that is some hard. Yes, because you are sweating your ass off by the time you're done. Oh, yeah. No, that's no joke. That's work. (laughs) I remember the first time I had a guy said, hey, can you stretch me? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) Holy. (laughs) Like, I'm like, you're like. Your range of motion sucks. I was like, holy shit. Let me, I was like, damn, I didn't, I was sweating my ass off just trying to get this guy opened up. Right. I'm like, I know. oh my God. Well, he's so, probably curling twice, two of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a big dude, big dude. I was just all like, Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Note to self, charge double. I was like, that right. was massive amounts of work right there. I was like, oh, my yeah. workout was done for the day. I'm, like, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Right. It's like it was like doing that eccentric loading machine that you're working on right now. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. Well, because too, also, I mean, if you got limited range of motion and imbalances on some side, aesthetically, you're going to kind of look a little off from exactly. a muscular development standpoint, right? Exactly. One lap might be a little underdeveloped. I mean, that's everything. Aesthetic yeah. symmetry, right? everything. symmetry. So yeah, keeping that balance. I mean, you could be three, four percent body fat up on stage, but if you've got one side off from the other. That can mean the difference between your placement, between mm-hmm. second, first, or third, right? And so, because the the judges, I mean, they're looking, they're trying to find everything oh, wrong yeah. possible. So every bodybuilder is trying to get as much of an edge as possible. So if you can just show a little bit more separation between the muscles, you know, that can be the difference between getting you a better placement on stage. You know, yeah, big time. yeah I think it's it's something that I don't, you know. I, don't think enough bodybuilders give enough credit to or pay attention to, but it'd be a really interesting compliment to the work that they're doing because they work their asses off in the gym. They you don't want to hide any of that with just some gunked up muscle tissue and scar tissue. You know, it's like give yourself the opportunity to to showcase all that hard work as best as possible. I think well going to your history of hockey too, what's interesting for me is still playing what's it, the team that I've been with for years. It's been interesting to see the devolution or the devolving of some of my teammates over the years from where we first started right so you know like and i kind of i don't really say anything about what i do for a living in the locker room type thing but you kind of just sit there and I'll, i'll say things every once in a while like you should try this or yeah, I think you maybe should work on that but then you kind of see how over the last eight to ten years you know some players are kind of just starting to do this right it's funny because you don't want to go in there and feel like you're trying to tell people what to yeah, do. No. Yeah, it's right. kind of like, are you, are you here to play or are you here to train me? What are you right. doing? Yeah, like, just play it, right? Just put the puck in the net. Don't yeah. don't worry about me, right? Yep, 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 yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, with all the knowledge that you have, this is what you do for a living. It's hard to look at that and not want to try to help and like offer some sort of assistance to be like, man, like I could, I could improve that for you. If you just take a few steps on and do this or do that. I mean, I, I totally get that. I see that all the time. When I go to the gym and just work out myself, 
Mm-hmm. I see people all over the gym, just sloppy form and, you know, just foreign technique is off or I'm, I'm seeing something with like a shoulder or like a hip. And I'm thinking, man, I could just go over and just give this guy a little nugget because I care not because I'm trying to be some like, yeah, right. Yes. I genuinely care. And I, I don't want to see somebody hurt themselves. And if I could just give them a little something, a little tip that I know could improve or make a difference. The difference is whether or not they're open to receiving that. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's... But you don't want to also fall on deaf ears where it doesn't really matter because then it's like, well, they don't really care anyway. So whatever, they'll, they'll figure it out a few years from now when they tear their ACL or when their shoulder blows out. Or but uh, yeah, what what are some of the things you see with your on your on your hockey team that are some of the common? Well, most of I mean, because a lot of the guys I work, I play with are techies, right? So they're they're sitting pretty much all day, and then you know you know us, we're just hunched over in that flex position as we're skating most of the time. Right. And it's interesting. Like I've seen an increase you know, over the years. You, you hear them complain about their back or their, you know, their knee. Like I've been seeing a lot of the younger kids you got one kid on our team that's 22 and he's always complaining about his back. And I'm just all like, mm. it's funny. my one, one of the issues that I've had probably is like giving me the worst issues over the last six, seven years has been my left shoulder elevate left shoulder elevation mm-hmm. and i trace it back and it's funny i look back at i've never done this before until like a few years ago but i look back at photos from like 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. and it was even worse back then but i didn't oh. i didn't know about it yeah yeah and it dawned on me like what pattern am i holding that is causing that left shoulder to go up so much on that side and i'm a right house right hand shot mm-hmm. hockey so that whole time you know, that's my high hand on the stick. That left yep. shoulder was up my entire life. And then I started training heavy. I, so I didn't start lifting weights until my, after my freshman year, like really seriously lifting weights until after my freshman year in college. Oh, okay. So I got six other players from my prep school. We all got recruited to go build the D1 program at Quinnipiac University. Yeah, nice. So when you're playing, when you're playing hockey in high, in high school, you know, you're 14 to 18, you know, like you don't have to have that big size. You can still be kind of scrawny and quick and squirrely on the ice. And I was a forward. So that was always me. I was always a light. And, but when I got to college freshman year, it's a different level because you're playing with grown men now, right? Mm-hmm. Longer guys. And so my coach, after my freshman year came back and said, look, you got to go home and hit the weights, man. You got to come back with some size next year. And so I took that seriously. I went home yeah. and asked, I put on 30 pounds in three months. Oh, oh damn. Shit. First time I ever lifted weights. First time I ever ate food, like really ate, like I was trying to gain size. Yeah, yeah. When Bill Phillips came out with EAS, the creatine, he had the uh, yeah, yeah, the, the creatine monohydrate. I can't remember what it was yeah. called. Creatine, he had the V2G, which is vanadyl sulfate, and the GKG, which was the glutamine. So that whole little brand of his supplements at that time was taking that for the first time with all the training and the food, and I came back huge, ready to play the next year. You know, just it changed the game for me. I was that went from fast and quick on the ice to a lot slower and just kind of a, a heavier player. Player. Yeah, heavier player. Yeah, heavier player, right? But I look back over the years and I was like, that's it, man. That that left hand up on my stick was what caused that. And all the heavy training at that time, not just knowing right, I had yeah. that imbalance, just reinforced it. Yeah. So here I yeah. am, 20 plus yeah. years later at 45 years old, still fighting this left sh- shoulder elevation that, yeah. you know, that pattern was stuck for so long. I mean, I played, I was on skate since I was five. Yeah. Yeah. So that example is something that I always share with people just to give them a, an idea of how a pattern can live with you for that long. And even if you're aware of it, putting in as much work as someone like I do, I'm still fighting and balancing that thing out constantly. Mm-hmm. You know? So imagine what is happening to your body. If you're not paying attention to some of the patterns you've been holding. Long, so. Yeah, especially a one-sided sport like that, you know, and that's yeah. it's not something you can avoid because that helps your performance. Exactly, you, you need that. You need that ability. Yep, yep. It's a good point. Well, and what's interesting is we we talk about a lot where you get the trainers that don't understand that you need asymmetries in a lot of these sports to succeed, right? Yeah. So you get these corrective yep. specialists that are like, "I can correct that," and you're like, "Yeah, pump the brakes there, buddy." Might not yeah. want to. Yeah. No, it's a good point. It's a good point. You know, yeah. that's actually a really great point to bring up. Yeah, it's something that I think that a lot of people do not consider. Look at like tennis players, right? I mean, you're a right-handed, left-handed tennis player. You're definitely going to have some imbalance. Right. I've seen it recently with like lacrosse players who have been connected oh. to the same thing. The whole thing is all about like 
a lot of them are cradling and trying to protect the, mm-hmm. protect oh, the right space. Here, yeah, yeah. They anteriorly rotate like they need that, you know, they need that pattern, that dominant. Mm-hmm. But over time, that can create issues for them. Yep. So it's, it's trying to strike that balance. Yeah, lacrosse players, they don't, they're very rarely <laughs> ambidextrous where they're throwing over both sides. Right. But yeah, and lacrosse is gaining a lot more popularity. So you're starting huge. to see that. Yeah, it's a huge it's, growing sport. Yeah. It's been, it's been great to see how it's just really starting to come alive. The pro circuit, really, something I didn't even realize was popping up as quickly as it is. It's been great yeah, to connect with people in that sport. You know, just talking about elite level sports, like they're not really elite level sports are not intended to be healthy. I mean, to get to these elite levels, you have to do different things to get there. Repetitive yeah. things, you know, hours yeah. and hours and hours of of high level movement, speed, power, and it's just, it takes a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, so uh, all you can do uh, is mitigate, mitigate the effects as much as you can. I mean, the philosophy that I say, train hard, recover harder, right? Mm-hmm. It's the amount of time you're putting in your training, you should also equally be putting that same time into your recovery work, you know, and trying to calm the nervous system. And, you know, when you're, when you're taking that downtime, getting that proper rest and recovery, I'm a big advocate of supplementation. I think it's really important. You know, there's certain supplements out there that can passively work to deregulate or downregulate the nervous system, downregulate the cortisol levels in the body. That can really give you know give you an advantage, a competitive advantage coming back on the days that you're working hard. So yeah, no, I agree with you. When these pro athletes are getting paid, what they're getting paid is they're not going out there for an hour to, to train every day. I mean, they're putting in they're putting in long days. Long days. Yeah. And the ramifications, I mean, the consequences of what happens to them over a 15, 20 year career, they're not, they wouldn't take that back at all. Oh, no. They, there's nothing they would no. take back. When you look at how many linemen are wearing knee braces in the NFL. <laughs> you, know, well, like, you know, what's crazy is now a lot of times it's just customary. Even if you don't have the issue, you're yeah. just, you're made to wear one. Sure. As <laughs> more of a preventative thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder if if there's any like data on that too. Like, like, has have the knee braces actually prevented more knee injuries? Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder how much it would have caused restriction, you know, and then uh, right. limitation and not developing that lateral strength that they would need to 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 handle a movement or or a, a cut on the field. I've because uh, I've actually, especially in college football, you will oftentimes see some programs where all the offensive linemen are all braced up. Yeah, it's interesting. Equivalent of wearing a, a belt, a weight belt when you're lifting, as opposed to learning how to strengthen and condition your transverse abdominals. Right. So it's yeah. like, you know, are you doing yourself a favor or are you hurting yourself and holding yourself back? So yeah, interesting. Yeah, because one of the first times I ever saw that, I popped in my head. I'm like, all five of those guys got jacked up knees. I'm like, that can't like both everybody all braces so and even recruiting over here right <laughs> yeah and even the the bench players coming in the substitutes i was like yeah. so it must be just standard protocol yeah not just you know recovery Are you guys from finding um is stick mobility sort of taking a stronghold in, in a particular sport that you guys have seen golf more than it, golf, you know, golf uh, baseball, baseball rotational yeah so that's that for a lot of pitchers too, because a lot of the stuff is all, you know, that I've seen with some of the great movies is just opening up. Right. So if you can open up with pitchers in particular, I've worked with a couple of pitchers in mobility wall, helping to open up that whole pec anterior delt upper trap scalenes to give them greater range of motion, which is where all their power comes from in that throw aside from just driving off the mound with their legs, but they've got to have that whip coming off of that throw. So if they can open up that whole pec line, that front anterior delt, upper bicep, right? Trap, scalenes, all of that, that that's going to generate more power, more force in their throw. Um, yeah. And keep that healthier, get them away from all the Tommy John surgeries that have been performed out there. Yeah, I, I love using the longer sticks, getting back into those positions and then being able to just actually apply that isometric. Yeah. Feeling that network and that strengthening you through the entire arm line. Yeah. Right. So I think for using a stick or any type of PVC, whatever you have access to, really is a huge benefit for overhead athletes or throwers just in particular. Yeah. And then golf ball, obviously opening up the whole trunk line and QL and giving them more, more range of motion through their swing. Yeah. Hockey is one where I'd like to see us penetrate the market a little bit more than a little bit. Uh, slow sledding there and football i think more from a recovery aspect for the for the football players for sure uh because we don't see a lot of lateral line mobility work 
you know, and, and they really need it, especially when you look at a lot of their movements, you're like, oh my God, how are you not getting the lateral line a little bit more prepared for these guys? Yeah. So you went to Quinnipiac and played hockey, huh? They yeah. got a, po- think about where they're at now. They are a powerhouse. We, we weren't quite as good back then. We, our, our big claim to fame my first year was the Army. So that was a big deal for us. Oh. But- but now they're winning NCAA championships. I mean, they're they're a team for a small school too. I know. Well, I mean, they, they, they have a great recruiting staff. I mean, they know how to they know how to recruit great players. They've done a, he's the coach has done an incredible job over the years bringing in the right players. You know, I think the school it had a when I went there it had a four to one girl to guy ratio. So that's also encouraging to get some players. <laughs> <laughs> So that's the recruiting pitch. I finally realized the secret now. Coach is like press hard, three copies, pink copies, yours, sign the contract. Let's go. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. 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 Uh, is it the same coach now that coached you? Yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. He's been there. Yeah. 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 It's unbelievable. He's been there since 95. Yeah. Awesome. Wow, that's awesome. You are one of the founding, basically laying the foundation to an amazing program. Laid down, laid down some of the groundwork, man. It was uh, it was fun. It was fun to, to, to be part of that growing organization. But like I said, now they're definitely a threat out there now. They're a great team to watch. Especially since when you look at how where they've come up against much larger programs with much larger budgets. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and they've... They've exceeded them, and that's freaking awesome yeah. to see. The Northeast, you know, I mean, that's some great hockey comes out of that that corner of the, the country. So, mm-hmm. so they've got access to a lot of great, you know, the prep school organization out there is incredible. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of top players that come out of those prep schools. So, so I think they just have done a really good job knowing that little section and knowing where to recruit from. Yeah. Well, what's nice too is now the European players are seeing the value of playing collegiate hockey, which 30 years ago, 20 years ago, it just wasn't yeah. happening. Yep. Yeah. Even prep school, the guys, uh, I mean, prep school hockey, in my opinion, for me, was probably the best hockey I ever played. My coach at the time was a, uh, an ex-Detroit right winger, and the, the other coach played pro over in Europe. So to your point, uh, the, the European you know, organizations are starting to recognize collegiate level, you know, mm-hmm. sports, and it's, it's definitely starting to transition in. And you can see it in their style of hockey, you know, like all yeah. the zone regrouping and, you know, it's just that very Euro style, just constant flow of play. It's great. It's fun to watch. Yeah. So uh, what do you got next on as far as your company growth wise? Any as far as any new concepts or anything coming up? Yeah, we're actually releasing a new product. You know, Mobility Wall is one of several products that we're going to be oh. launching in the next year. So, um, you know, our goal was to build an ecosystem for the brand and try to continue to keep innovating. You know, as we come into the mobility world, there's a lot of ideas and concepts that I have that uh, will help teach and encourage new movement for people that I think, again, general population can take advantage of, uh, as well as professional athletes. Um, So the next product that we're releasing is called the Chisel, C-H-I-Z-L. And uh, it's going to be one of our handheld manual devices that will have similar attachments. the way that you would plug the trigger point attachments into the mobility wall in the center point receiver. We've got three unique attachments that we created that have never been seen on the market that will plug into this little handheld device that we have. And the handheld device has a nice weight. It's got about two pound weight to it. So it's, it gives you a nice weight, a nice grip that we spent 10 different iterations trying to find that perfect ergonomic grips when you pick this thing up it feels like you just slip your hand into a glove and so these three tips can be used for people it's sort of like mobility wall on the go mm-hmm. you're sitting at your desk and you can't get up to get to the mobility wall or do any type of work you can grab your chisel if you're going to the gym and you want to have something to use quickly before you hit your workout you can use the chisel if you're traveling on an airplane or you're staying in hotels bring the chisel with you you know it just gives you some more mobile advantages to take with you around and so the same attachments that you plug into your mobility wall also will plug into the chisel so you have a lot of options to use for different attachments for this product so and then by q4 we shall be uh pre-selling our commercial unit which is going to be a freestanding rack system that will be sold to different private gyms and commercial gyms like an Equinox or uh, LA Fitness or you know some of these bigger gyms, professional sports teams, locker rooms, but a freestanding rack system that has mobility wall built into it, as well as several other mobility wall tools and technique uh, protocols on it that 
have never been seen before. So I'll, I'll save that one for the next podcast. But, uh, Very nice. Really cool, exciting stuff. Yeah, we're just, we're excited to keep, continue to keep branching out. Excited to connect with, you know, incredible leaders like yourselves, stick mobility, build collaborations in ways that we can just continue to keep adding value to everybody out there who is interested in trying to improve themselves. Fantastic. Social media, uh, people can follow, get a hold of you. Yep, absolutely. We have Instagram, obviously, where uh, mm-hmm. it's mobility wall, mobility underscore wall. And then Facebook, same thing, mobility wall. We have a private Facebook group. Um, and also, too, we do every Monday, we do uh, Mastering Your Mobility Wall live on YouTube. Oh, um, nice. And all of those sessions are there. We have mobility wall coaches from across the country that are just various practitioners, chiropractors, PTs. Uh, personal trainers that have had a lot of experience using mobility wall that are bringing some sort of proficiency that they believe is a, a focus they want to, they want to share. So they're bringing that to the mobility wall live sessions every Monday. Uh, and those are recorded. So they're also archived on the channel. So if somebody misses the live, they can always go back to the library and, uh, and on, yeah, so Instagram, Facebook, and then obviously our website, mobilitywall.com is a great place to check out what we're doing. And, uh, Anybody who wants to reach out to me personally, my email is chris at mobilitywall.com. And uh, I'm, I'm answering every email that comes through. So you'll never get missed. <laughs> well, that's good. I mean, O'Neill and I really appreciated you taking time out to jump on a call with us and really walk us through the mobility wall. We really enjoyed it. So thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. And to all the listeners out there, if you don't know what it is, definitely check it out it is well worth your time and uh we definitely think you'll enjoy the benefits of what it's going to do for you thank you guys appreciate the time you're welcome you got it man and to uh, all the listeners out there until next episode be good to each other thank you for listening to our podcast be sure to hit that subscribe button and whatever platform you're on either apple itunes or spotify please if you could leave a review we'd appreciate that if you have any questions that we can answer for you be sure to leave those in the comments also if you're looking for more information on our education our products please go to www.stickmobility.com and also hit that subscribe button to that youtube channel and don't forget our live instagram classes three times a week if you want to join in grab your sticks and hit that 45 minute class Yes.